0: Let us take a look at another tweet by Sarvesh Tiwari. He says here, Subhash Post did not establish INA. It was established by General Mohan Singh and Raj Bose. He only took over. He also did not establish Azad Hind earlier. It was established by Muhammad Iqbal Shedai. He took over from Shedai his force or duplicated. He did establish forward block though. This last line is the red herring. He constantly insinuates communist leanings against Bose. Sarvesh Tiwari really has this talent of packing in a bunch of lies in a 300 character tweet. But to begin, in one of his articles targeting Subhash Bose, Tiwari is very peeved that Hindu Mahasabha is named before Muslim League, mentioned together as communal parties by Bose, according to him every time. First of all, this is wrong because there are, there are several places where Bose has mentioned Muslim League uh, before Mahasabha and the Akalis which is also mentioned among communal parties and often he mentions only Muslim Leagues which is most times. But notice in this tweet Tiwari mentions the name of Rash Pehari Bose who conceived a nationalist army and worked towards its realization right from the military rise of Japan in 1937. After the name of Captain Mohan Singh, who as a POW in Malaya was converted to the idea later in nineteen forty two by the persuasion of a Japanese intelligence officer, Major Fujiwara Ibachi. He was made a general by Rashbehari Bose. Let's look at the facts to nail this bluff. When war between Great Britain and Japan seemed imminent, Rashbehari Bose, through his long term associate and protector, Mitsuru Toyama, the Japanese Pan-Asianist leader, initiated contact with the General Staff Headquarters of Japan and held discussions with its Military Affairs Bureau to concretize plans of a military mobilization of Indians against British Stranglehold with Japanese assistance within the scope of what was known as Japan's Greater East Asia Co-Prosperity Sphere, a grand plan of Pan-Asian Brotherhood. Indians were not initially included in this scheme, but Raj Behari's engagement uh, with the Japanese seems to have borne fruit. And soon after this, intelligence units were formed for South Asian operations. And in October, Fujiwara Iwaichi's unit known as Fujiwara Kikan was tasked with organizing an Indian independence army. And on February 17, 1942 at Farah Park, Singapore, In his first address to the Indian POWs gathered there, Fujiwara formally announced that the Indian soldiers were not being considered POWs, but friends and specifically referred to them as the peoples of East Asia co-prosperity sphere. Now, building of an organized armed resistance had been in discussion for long, since World War I in fact, in meetings of the Indian Independence League an association of Southeast Asian Indian communities. It was attended by revolutionary groups like Anushilan and Gadar. It is talked about in exchanges with revolutionaries in India, notably uh, Sachindranath Sanyal and Vidi Savarkar. In December 1941, Bose convened a huge meeting in Tokyo to bring together the Japanese Indian community on this issue. As also the revolutionaries, it was attended by Satyanand Puri, pre-monastic sen of Anushilan, and Sardar Pritham Singh of Gadar. So all this was going on. Subhash Bose had been in touch with Raj Bose all through, as also directly with the Japanese representatives since 1937-38. Raj Pihari had been directly asking Subhash Post to come to Japan to take over the movement and also communicate it through other revolutionaries like Jatin Lochan Mitra, Vidi Savarkar and Harikuma Chakravarti to send Subhash Post to Japan for this purpose. Before Mohan Singh of 14th Punjab landed as a POW in Japanese hands around mid-December 1941 after the battle of Jitra during the Malayan campaign, Freetham Singh, who had been a close associate of Raj Bihari since early 1920s, was already in Malaya working with Major Fujiwara. Fujiwara then started working on Mohan Singh, trying to impress on him the worthiness of the cause and the feasibility of building an independence army to fight alongside the Japanese against the British because they wanted someone with military experience to mobilize the soldiers. And this took time. Mohan Singh was initially reluctant, which again is typical of a military man. It is not easy to just break the oath of allegiance without considering the moral dimension. Eventually he did, he was convinced, especially after speaking to Freetham Singh. His real work began in February 1942 after Singapore fell to the Japanese, along with a significant number of Indian POWs, around 42,000 in number, who were handed over to him by Major Fujiwara, in that uh, gathering held at Faro Park, Singapore. Thereafter, his activities consisted of trying to motivate the officers and men for the cause, persuading them to join the independence army. But there was still no structure or organization of an army. There were not even drills for the men who enlisted. In fact, they were put to work on the construction of Tenga airfield and railroads at various other places. Groups of POWs were sent to work in Kuala Lumpur, Siramban and camps in Thailand. Indian National Army came into existence in September 1942 under the auspices of the Indian Independence League headed by Rajpehari Bose. It was at this time that Mohan Singh was elevated in rank and appointed General Officer Commanding of International Army. So fact of the matter is he did not form INA. Another point here, in his article Tiwari claims Bose would later name a regiment in INA as Azad regiment in honour not of Chandrasekhar Azad, lest one thought so, but of the Maulana Azad, no Ashfaq nor Azimullah. He means the revolutionary and the 1857 freedom fighter. Now this is amusing. On one hand, he touts revolutionaries as the true patriots and thinks that divisions of INA should have been named after them. But Vallabhai Patel, who publicly denounced the revolutionaries as a bunch of hotheads messing with things they have no business in. He even colluded with Gandhi and Nehru to suppress the naval mutiny he suddenly becomes very credible for Sarvesh Tiwari in case of the little by will because it is more important to spite Subhash pose. There is another thing, how can Sarvesh Tiwari predict which side Ashwakullah or Azimullah would have swung had they been present in the years before partition? Maybe they would have chosen Pakistan. Ashwakullah used to assiduously read the Quran in jail, if the case is against Islamism, any Muslim can turn out to be a jihadi tomorrow. Maulana Shwakatali of the Khilafat fame was associated with revolutionaries. He used to supply arms to Anushilan. Let me read out a quote. People talk sometimes of the need of the Muslims joining hands with the Hindus because some incidents in contemporary history have not been exactly to their liking. Soft-headed and some self-advertising folk have con about proclaiming that Muslims should join the Congress because the government had revoked the partition of Bengal, because Persia and Turkey are in trouble. We are simply amused at this irresponsible fatuity. But when a responsible body like the London branch of the All India Muslim League talks of closer cooperation between the Hindus and Muslims because the Muslims of Tripoli and Persia have been the victims of European aggressions. We realize for the first time that even sane and level-headed men can run off at a tangent and confuse the issues. What has the Muslim situation abroad to do with the conditions of the Indian Muslims? Have the questions that really divide the two communities lost their force and meaning? If not, then the problem remains exactly where it was at any time in recent Indian history. Board of arbitration, peace syndicates and solemn pacts about cows cannot solve it any more than we can by a spell of occult words control the winds and the tides. The communal sentiment and temper must change and interests must grow identical before the Hindus and Muslims can be welded into a united nationality. Sounds like a very level-headed, broad-minded nationalist Indian leader, isn't it? These words come from Molana Muhammad Ali Johar, leader of the Khilafat movement, written some years before he took up cudgels for the caliphate in India. This is what happens when courts are taken in isolation. Anyways, back to facts. During March to April 1942, Indian Independence League conferences were held to bring all representative organizations of Indians in South Asia under one banner during which the formal motion was passed to raise an army under it for Indian independence. These conferences were called the Azad Bharat Sabhas. So the word Azad was in circulation at that time. Azad Brigade was formed when the first Indian National Army took shape in September 1942. It was named number one Hind Field Force. So the word Hind for this independence, Indian Independence Army was also there. It was organized into three brigades, Gandhi Brigade, Nehru Brigade and Azad Brigade. So the name Azad Brigade existed at least 10 months before Subhash Bose even took over the command of INA in July 1943. Also Hindustani was drilled in along with the written English communication at this stage. In June 1942 at Bangkok, the resolution was formally adopted to invite Subhash Bose to take over the league as president and the command of the Indian National Army. An all-embracing Indian Independence League was constituted with a Council of Action on top and under it a committee of representatives of Indians in South Asia and the Indian National Army subordinate to this body and therefore in control of the civilian structure. This seems to have been disagreeable to Mohan Singh, though he was made a member of the Council of Action. Mohan Singh was impatient, inexperienced and did not have the personality and maturity to deal with the Japanese. Indian Independence League wanted to wait till a firm commitment could be elicited from the Japanese on some vital issues the official status of INA and the assurance that they would be used only in the Indian frontier. The status of Indian nation treated as equal allies instead of dependent subjects. The Japanese on the other hand were intent on building intelligence, surveillance and sabotage units for penetrating the enemy lines. But all Mohan Singh could think of was launching into a campaign at the Burma India border irrespective of military preparedness. He had an inflated estimation of INA and himself and had no realistic idea about the theatre of war and strategy. The trust deficit intensified when Fujiwara was sent to a different assignment and in his place under Colonel Iwakuro Hideo, a new intelligence unit was put in place. Mohan Singh started thereafter overstepping his authority, bypassing the Indian independence League and acting on his own accord, which could have jeopardized the entire effort. So ultimately, he was dismissed and put under arrest on December 29, 1942. With this, the first Indian National Army stood dissolved and ceased to exist as a functional entity. Thereafter, in February 1943, after meeting with military officers and Indian NCOs, non-commissioned officers), Raj Bose reconstituted INA, this time under his own control. A committee worked on reorganization and in April, a new organization named Directorate of Military Bureau of Indian Independence League was established under Lieutenant Colonel J.R. Bosle of 5th Maratha Light Infantry as the director. In July 1943, then Subhash Chandra Bose arrived in Singapore to take over the leadership of Indian Independence League and Indian National Army. So if at all he took over from someone, it was directly from Rajpehari Bose or J.R. Bhosle but not Mohan Singh. After this, INA was organized as number one division with four brigades. Subhash Brigade, Gandhi Brigade, Nehru Brigade and Asad Brigade. So only one brigade was added after Subhash Bose came after his name, which he protested furiously. The other names were simply retained.